lot of people looked at what the Kings did last year when they came out of the All-Star break and hoped that they could repeat it. Obviously, you still have a ways to go, but so far, so good. Kings playing some of their best basketball of the year. Right now, one of their biggest wins of the year. Last night against the Clippers. Who knows on this in this roller coaster season where we go next, Drapes, but these are good signs for Sacramento Kings fans. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we started February as saying this month will make or break this Kings team. And, you know, I'll have to look at the schedule and, and, and what they've been able to do. But by all accounts, they've survived this month so far pretty well, talking about the Sacramento Kings. And so uh, this is a gauntlet that they're in. You know, last night's game against the Clippers, you know, Denver right before the All-Star break. You got a couple coming up uh, here to end the month uh, against uh Denver and uh, Minnesota and so this is a, a critical stretch right now for the Kings and, and they've done a great job on the YouTube couple of uh, comments here I mentioned that Rich he said shame on ESPN for not acknowledging the light the beam chance mm. and I said well maybe shame on you Rich for not watching uh, Drapes and Katie but Rich <laughs> I apologize I forgot Rich is in San Diego and he said I, I uh, didn't have the option uh, have the options. All right. Thank you, Rich. Okay, okay. Arthur Smith says, I guess we're all disappointed with the NBA All-Star game in Indy, but yes, we got snubbed. We know better. I'm sure we will uh, get the all an All-Star uh, next season, and we need the All-Star game here in Sacramento. Yeah. Fingers crossed yeah. on that. It'll be a while. But hearing you and Katie last night, it was funny because you were saying during the game, uh, Mike Brown's not over that snubbage yet, huh? I guess based on his pregame comments, yeah. in addition to the postgame, which we're going to get to. Yeah, exactly, and he shouldn't be. Because, and I feel like De- DeMontis won't say it but because he's letting this play due to talking, but he's playing with a chip on his shoulder where he's the best big man on the floor night in and night out. And we saw him twice outdoor Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that all-star stub, uh, you know, is a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good center matchup tonight. Pam out of bio, yes, uh, versatile big, uh, can defend, handle the rock. You know, two of the bigs that can get the rebound and take it coast to coast. And so that's going to be a key matchup. And the Heat, I think they're going to need a big game out of Bam, a big scoring game out of Bam. So I'm watching for that tonight. Yeah, what really stood out, as Drapes mentioned on Drapes Takes, about uh, Domas last night, uh, he has another triple-double, 17 and 15 and 12. But he didn't shoot the ball well for him. And that happens, but it's just really unusual for him finishing 7-17 after a really slow start. After the game, uh, Mike Brown talked about Domas and the triple-double things that he's doing and said people don't realize how historic this is. Domas, another triple-double. This is Domas' 20th triple-double, I think, on the year. Guys, there's only one, two, three, four, five. There's only five other players that have had 20 triple-doubles in a season. I don't know if you guys, five other players that had a triple-double in a season. And these are Hall of Famers. James Harden, Nikola Jokic, Wilt Chamberlain, Russell Westbrook, and Oscar Robinson, and Doma Sabonis. The the, the sad part about it is this man didn't even get an all-star bid. And he's one of six in the history, in the history, mm-hmm. not not the, not in the season, in the history of the game. It's unbelievable to me how this league operates in that in that arena. It is what it is. <laughs> oh 
about that. Hey. He's not letting this go. No, that's he, after a win. And that's a, he talked about a pregame. I know. And postgame as well. And so, and, and that's what I'm talking about. DeMontis Sabonis continues to go out there and prove. And, 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 and it's so upsetting that it was the coaches who got it wrong. So he's on this personal tour where he's, you know, taking names and kicking butts and everything. Like, oh, you didn't vote for me? Uh, you know, and you, you got to wonder, too. And this is the thing when it comes to All-Star votes. Media, they, they release it. Players, you know, like there should be some coaches held accountable. All right, who did not vote for DeMontis Sabonis in the All-Star game? Mm-hmm. Like, I want names. I want to I want to know from these coaches who had Carl Anthony Towns over Domas and explain yourself mm-hmm. sort of like officials, you know, yeah. when they had a pool report after the game or something like that. Like, I need to know and tell me why. What was your reasoning? Yeah. What has surprised you the most about what he's doing as a king? Hmm. And I, I will just say again, when they made the trade, I thought Sabonis is a really nice player. And I was a big Halliburton guy. I didn't see that it was going to work out as well as it did. Okay, I'm just being honest. I didn't know that he was going to be able to do as much as he's doing. I don't even know if he knew that, but what has surprised you the most about what he's done, the numbers he's put up since he's been here? I would say I knew he was a good passer. I knew he was a great rebounder, like, uh, you know, because I got to see him in Indiana when I was out east. Um, I didn't know he could – run the offense that's probably been the biggest surprise i knew he could pass the ball but you design your offense to this guy be the primary ball handler primary facilitator Mm -hmm. you know and so and and he gets guys great shots they play off him well he's unselfish so i I would say that that's probably it you know the the work ethic and the the hard hat attitude mentality you know i I think that's been great also i'll add to whitey He's so effective without a bag, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He doesn't – his offensive moves aren't, you know, uh, he ain't got no step back to it. Or he ain't got – he's not going to cross you up and break ankles. He doesn't even have the little Jokic Yeah, he doesn't stuff. even have a flip. It's yeah. just a, a pure power kind of game. Well, you is, sound like Tim Legler all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, and, uh, don't even – because I, I do think Domas <laughs> – Mark, Mark, what are you doing over there, man? Backstreet Boys? What's going on? They're singing. Man, you know, we're, hey, we're doing a show over here. Where, where are you singing Backstreet Boys? What, what are you doing? Singing, tell me why? Yes, yes. Sorry, yes. I'm like, what are you doing? It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean. I'm and, auditioning. Sorry. <laughs> I will say, Domas, and we've talked about it. I would like him, and you said it. To shoot more. Yeah. I need that 15 to 17 footer a little bit more. Yeah. I, I need to, when they sag off you, let it fly. Punish them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I didn't know that he was capable of being the type of facilitator that he's been here. Yes. As you say, if you watched him, you knew that he, okay, that's that's a guy who's, uh, he's got good court vision. But the way in, you know, this is a rough comparison, but I think there's some to it. The way they got him to start playing kind of the Draymond Green role in this offense and I remember right. early last year, I think, if I remember correctly, he wasn't crazy about the idea initially of being that type of facilitator and, you know, bringing the ball up. Right. And then he worked into it now to the point where, obviously, he's one of the best in the league. It's made him one of the best players in the league. I, I think he went to Mike Brown and said, I can do more on that. Like, oh, okay. I, I think that's how it went down. Gotcha. Thank like, you. You know, uh-huh. it, it was, you know, Mike. 
I can grab the rebound and go coast to coast. And, and so, no, you're right, man. And, and, you know, when we talk about most valuable pieces of this team, you know, Fox, obviously, but Domas, he does so much. And he does it every, every night. Every night. And so, you know, when you lose his production, let's say, you know, he was uh, questionable uh, last yeah. week for that San Antonio game, you know, and we're like, oh, man, where are you going to miss him the most? Well, it's not the scoring, you know, the facilitating and rebound. Who does – who can bring that to the table the way DeMontis Sabonis does? Uh, I think it's fair to say he's a throwback. He's old school. Yes. Right? He <laughs> plays every game, and he plays every game really hard, and he's very consistent. And that's yep. – unfortunately, it's kind of rare these days. It is. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing I like too, Whitey, you, you said he plays hard. He's a guy that this city can be proud of. There's no question about this effort. There's no question about whether or not he cares because he shows it night in and night out. I think the best Kings teams, they kind of reflect what the community is about. And I think that's one of the things about this team that reflects what this community is about is Domas and the way he goes about his work every day with that work ethic. And he produces every single day without a selfish bone in his body. No, right. Exactly. And at times... He could be unselfish to a fault, but, I, it, you know, when you look at the trade, getting rid of Tyrese, bringing in Domas, it not only unlocked Domas, but De'Aaron Fox has benefited, and Domas has let Fox be the guy. You know what, De'Aaron? You're the fourth quarter guy. This is your team. You're the leader. You know, the ball's in, in both our hands. I'm going to make you look good. You make me. I think they just work so well together. Mm-hmm. Where do the Kings go from here? How are they going to fare tonight? Can they get it done again tonight? We'll find out from Kings beat reporter for the Associated Press. Antonio Ray Harvey joins us next. Rise, uh, drive guys, pardon me, the drive guys at the Golden One on Sackdown Sports. Uh, thanks to Campio in the chat. He says, Whitey and Draper sitting very close together today. Friendship. Mega uh, <laughs> Death Knight says, they both use Old Spice, I'm sure, so they can sit that close. We're having a good time today. This is a wonderful day to be a Kings fan. And uh, speaking of the Kings, Sacramento Media Royalty joining us now. Kings beat reporter for the Associated Press. Antonio Ray Harvey. How you doing, Tony? Thanks for joining How us. How you What's doing up? today, Kevin? How you doing, Drapes? I'm good. good. What's good. up, man? No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I know I'm that good. you uh I'm extremely busy. Yeah, but I had to make well, we, some time. We appreciate you your time. Supposed, you know. Yeah, uh, and and look, I know that last time you were with us, you weren't really with us. You came up here to say <laughs> hi or something, and you accidentally you kicked something. It it was so you apologize. It was fine. I was telling Drapes we're all good, but I know you felt bad about that. No, uh, no, no, no need to apologize for that, Tony. You're always welcome okay. on our show. It's any, just that you know, uh, usually just real quick. I'll, you know, when I'm coming into G1C, I'm listening to you guys on the radio. So at 4 o'clock, you know, I'm tuning in, you know, to hear what you guys say. And that particular day, I said, oh, you know, let me just swing over here and uh, say hello as, I, you know, I head down to the uh, media room. And lo and behold, old Goofy had to trip over some things and, you know, bounced in you guys' shot and kind of disrupting things. So, so yeah, I, you, you guys know I didn't mean anything like that. <laughs> party crash <laughs> yeah yeah hey tony what impressed you the most about the big win for the kings last night in la oh absolutely the defense i mean uh they was running like it was a military operation i mean there was a lot of formations going on there you know with the deflections and the double teams and the traps uh the steals 
uh, court awareness, you know, knowing that we're everybody else, you know, on the, on the defensive end. And uh, I mean, what? De'Aaron and uh, DeMont has had three steals apiece. They understand yes. what's happening on defense uh, as far as uh, these opposing teams. So I, I was really impressed with that uh, last night. And, you know, throughout the season, we've been seeing, you know, a glimpse of what they can do. They just need to do it more on a consistent basis. But they were really focused. You know, they were they were all together uh, last night. No, you're right about that, Tony. One of the best uh, wins of the season. Uh, let's start with uh, De'Aaron Fox. And, and the thing that I liked last night about De'Aaron Fox, the Clippers have three Hall of Famers out there. They had Kawhi Leonard, an MVP candidate, James Harden, an MVP, former MVP, Westbrook. But De'Aaron Fox was the best player on the floor. Is that the De'Aaron Fox they need to make a serious run come playoff time? Uh, without, a, without a doubt, Drapes. Uh, you know, he's definitely, um, I would have to consider, you know, he's the best player on the team. And, you know, things doesn't really happen you know, w- without him. And I know it's in the last three games that they've won. He's been a very effective, very active in the uh, fourth quarter. So, you know, when he's playing like that, uh, you know, it's all systems go. They, they have, you know, the highest possibility of uh, winning these uh, games. I think uh, I was looking at it in these last fourth quarter, three, fourth, last three fourth quarters, uh, he's averaging, what, about 11.5, 12 points, a game in those, but he's doing other things. He's doing that two-way thing. You know, he's he's a true two-way player. So, you know, if he's doing that on the defensive end, you know, he's getting one or two steals, you know, he's dishing off the ball, you know, he's doing a little play making, and uh, he's getting those baskets for him. <laughs> and he's doing it like, you know, he's he's having these, like, one-man scoring runs, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking that, you know. That's what he's known for, you know, in the fourth quarter. He is fourth-quarter Fox, so, it, hey, if they're going to make a run and they're going to get to the to the uh, playoffs and make these deep runs that Mike, Coach Mike Brown has always talked about him and his uh, coaching staff, man, they they got a great shot. But they just have to play with some consistent consistency. And yeah, Antonio Ray Harvey, nice enough to join us, Kings beat reporter for uh, the AP. In your opinion, Tone, right now, are the Kings better than they were last year? Is this team better than last year's? Uh. Well, oh man, that's a good question, Kevin. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to reserve that because you know they're right at the same. <laughs> that's scary. Just because uh, they're right, at, you know, in the same boat. Uh, the only difference is, you know, they have the same record, but now they're in what fifth place in the Western Conference. Uh, they're playing some really good balls, but and the reason why, you know, I want to, um, you know stand down on those because it'll, you know, they had some really serious bad losses earlier, you know, to some seven game win teams and, you know, that kind of factor into everything. I mean, they're, they're really playing well. I mean, I mean, they're 10 games over 500. I understand that. Um, I'm not even really trusting what's going to go on tonight. You know how these things are <laughs> when they play these teams that, uh, you know, it's kind of short depleted wise. So, but it, I just, right now I can only say that they're playing well at least in these last three games, and just just hope for the best that they can continue that and, and be better than they are last last season. Our guy Tony Harvey joining us here on the Drive Guys Sacktown Sports eleven forty. Tony, when you look at the moves or lack thereof that Monty McNair uh, didn't do this off season, D 
didn't do uh, this trade deadline. What do you make of that? What do you make of the belief that the Kings just ran it back? And do you ascribe to the fact that, you know what, this team just needs some seasoning, some time to grow, and everything will be okay? Well, it seems like, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're gelling together right now. Uh, when I look back on, you know, last summer, no, there wasn't any uh, big major moves. You know, they trusted these guys. They had confidence in these guys. You know, they brought in uh, Sasha Vizikov, and then they signed uh, Jabel McGee, you know, to fill in, fill in the blanks and stuff like that. So I I just felt like, the, you know, they just feel comfortable of what they had to make that uh, run back. But um, I, I, I also have to look at the fact that what they're probably trying to do down the road, I, I'm sure they want to re-sign Malik Monk. And deservedly so, you know, they, they should bring it back in the fold. Then later on, you're going to have to take care of uh, Keegan Murray, take care of his contract. I know uh, De'Aaron, you know, he's con- another contract is going to be looming for him. So I I'm, don't like to speculate or anything like that, but you have to look at those types of situations that you don't want to bring too many big guys in here to uh, kind of disrupt, you know, those uh, contract negotiations on down the road. Now, I know they had an opportunity to uh, get Pascal Siakam, and that would have been a nice little addition. But then there's, you know, these other factors that's going on. So they did make a deal, okay? So they gave them a little more to take care of Keon Ellis. Uh, he deserved it. You know, he's been working really well with that team. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you give an action to spokesperson. <laughs> and so, but he deserved what he got. And, you know, they, they bumped up Mason Jones to a two-way player to fill in uh, Keon's spot. So I just think that's where they're really comfortable right now. Now, whatever happens, you know, this coming off season, that would help as well, too. So I really do hope that they're able to maneuver some things where they can keep uh, Malik Monk and bring in somebody else who can uh, help them in some areas. Tony, uh, you've been covering the team for quite a while. Who would you say? Yeah, who's your – great. Who's your – Who's your favorite player on this team to talk to, to hear from, and why? Who do you enjoy talking with the most on this current team? Probably those guys from, the, uh, you know, when I first started, you know, with the Vladis and the Chris Webbers and the Mike Vivies, uh, Peja uh, Stoyakovich uh, on down the line, Doug Christie, who's still around. I really enjoy, you know, being around them because when I first started, you know, I wasn't stargazed or anything like that, but those guys were really, they really made the media around here really comfortable. And that's back in the day when they were, I mean, it's, you know, it was wall to wall. I mean, the media room was just packed with uh, reporters and stuff, but they knew how to handle each and all of them. So, I mean, they were human. Uh, but, you know, and, and, you know, you know, through the years, same way with, you know, with, with some coaches uh, that I've dealt with, you know, Keith Smart, uh, Reggie Theus, and uh, back to the player, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> Who uh, he just shot us down all at one point, you know, you know, during our careers and stuff. But he's a really nice guy. I mean, I know he can be um, pretty much of a live wire sometimes, but he was really a nice guy. And he did a lot of good things in his community. Um, and then you know, with the current players too, they're so professional in what they do and how they handle us. No matter, you know, if things are good or things are bad, you know, I call it the benevolent society. Uh, this current group and stuff, but they're they're all professionals. I like talking to all of them. I don't care who it is. A lot of players through this history, 
in my 22 years of covering the team that uh, I have a lot of respect for, as well as well as the coaches and the coaching staff, right on up to um, the administration. So I could just go all down the line about the, you know, the people that I like uh, covering and talking to and interviewing, but they're all professional. Our guy, Tony Harvey. Uh, Tony, what time are you getting out to the arena tonight? And is this a must win? Like, you got to win this after a great win last night, right? Well, you know, I usually get out there about uh, 4.30, as you all know, uh, Drake. I'm one of the first ones down there in the media room because I'm doing so much and I'm bouncing around to uh, both uh, teams, you know, the opposing teams and, of course, the Kings, you know, with, you know, doing the press conference, pregame, postgame. As far as this game, I, hey, I really do hope that they get it, you know, and keep that going because they got Denver again, you know, in a couple of days. So if they can get this game, that's four straight. I don't think Denver can really handle the Kings at this point. Okay. That's one of the things that they're going to look, uh, Denver Nuggets going to look back and say, this team is a problem. And right now I wouldn't mind if the Kings face the Denver Nuggets in the first round of playoffs at a, or at Ooh. any point, because I really do think that they, they have the confidence to beat this team. But in regards to uh, what's going to happen tonight, yeah, yeah, it's a must win. You must take this. You must do this. But right now, my confidence level, you know how it is. You know, when they come back after uh, big wins and uh, <laughs> long road trips and stuff, they don't seem to uh, react to those well. But I would say they're going to win tonight. Okay. All right. You didn't sound too sure, but right. I, I, I would say. Yeah. Twisted my arm. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm just at that point. I've been preaching it. You know, right now I don't trust you. I want you to win Sacramento Kings, but right now I don't trust you. Keep proving to me that you're going to be consistent. Okay. I'm pretty much uh, with everybody else with this long. You know how this is. We always want our Kings. Uh, fans to be happy, and um, of course, a lot of members of the media as well. But you know, I'm I'm going to stand down until I see a string of games here. And what's pretty interesting too, because you guys know the Western Conference is so tight. Uh, I was listening to uh, Scott Marsh and uh, Henry Turner, I Flyer, yesterday, and they were talking about the standings and stuff. And I'm looking at the last ten games of the Western Conference, and the the teams, you know, in that ten spot, playing or uh, playoff. They all have a record. Of, they don't won sixty percent of their game in the last ten games. Each team, yeah, one through ten. So mm -hmm. when the Kings look at things like this, I'm pretty sure they was aware of it. Like last night, when I mean, you woke up, you know, you were in the seventh place. Then the next thing you know, you win a game, you jump up to five, you jump over the Suns, and you're up to five. These games got to be taken care of because the conference is so tight. You know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be yeah. like that to the uh, last games played in April. I think I think Jay has a question for you too. Do you have a question for Tony? Jay? Yeah, Tony. You know, on the drive, guys, we talk at all the walks of life, man. I see that Ella Fitzgerald poster behind you, brother. Are you? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We we give shots out of love on this show. We do it all. But speak on that real quick. Uh, yeah. Well, this happened to be uh, Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Duke Ellington and uh, Benny Goodman mm -hmm. taking the downbeat in New York City back in 1949. You know, I'm a big fan, you know, the old style of uh, jazz players, you know, um, the bird, you know, Charlie Parker, uh, the loneliest monk, you know, all of those. 
And uh, of course, you know, John Coltrane. You know, I listen to a lot of music in my downtown stuff like that. I'm glad you recognize that, <laughs> Jay. You know Good me, question. I'm old school. Old soul. I'm old anyway. <laughs> That's all right, man. You seasoned, brother. You seasoned. That's right. And this is That's one of my right. favorite posters. Yeah. You know, I'm a big uh, Benny Goodman fan, and I'm a big Ellington fan. And, uh, Ella Fitzgerald. I first started listening to her, you know, with my mom. She used to do a lot of scat. You know, that little scat singing and stuff. And it always kind of like, uh, it's kind of catchy. You know, but thanks for recognizing that, brother. Appreciate you. Well, thank you, Tony, for being with us. We appreciate it. We'll see you in a little bit. Uh, thank you, Tony Harvey, for being with us. When we come back, can the Kings catch the Clippers? Next, we're in the Golden One with the Drive Guys on Town Sports. The- one of the things I loved about the win last night, Drapes, the fact that the Kings were wearing purple. You know, tonight the Kings are taking on the Heat at the Golden One Center. They're yep. wearing the um, 100th anniversary kind of uh, – Royals type yeah. throwback. Yeah. Forget the term they have for these jerseys, but the red, white, and blue ones, which are wonderful. But I, you know, the beam is purple. I love it when the Kings wear purple and they win. I like that. Does it really bother you? Ah, a little bit. It's like <laughs> you are. That's what you are. The beam is purple. The Kings have to embrace their purpleness. That's their identity. Can't, Royalty, can't purple. Pay homage to. Sure. You know. History and you can. after year, and they do. They do that's that. All a it lot. is. That's, they do that a lot. It's okay, white. I'm down, big purple. Down. Yeah, this, this is not a day to be agitated about anything. All is right in the world. Well, you know, maybe I'm a little superstitious too. It's like, man, they wore purple last night. They looked really good. <laughs> oh, they're not wearing purple tonight. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> do you think there's a way where the Kings could catch the Clippers? And before yeah. you answer, oh yeah, uh, let's see here. The Clippers have alternated wins and losses for eight games in a row now. The mighty, mighty Clippers. Your favorite ESPN last night, at one point they had a graphic, a question that said, what could keep the Clippers from the Western Conference Finals? As if it's, you know, destined to happen. It's going to be, yeah. You know, I I said yes earlier, and I'm going to stick with that and, and say yes. There's something going on with the Clippers right now. They went on a crazy tear after the James Harden trade. Remember, they had lost seven in a row. They figured it out, and then they've had the second-best record in the NBA since then. But there's something going on right now. Hmm. Kawhi Leonard, not Kawhi, excuse me, Paul George, first of all, his injury situation. Second of all, his contract situation. Everything's not sweet Hmm. down there in Los Angeles, I don't think. And when you look at their schedule, let me look at their record really quickly here just to uh, do the math. They're 37 and 19. So they've played what? 56 games. They got 26 left to go. Of those 26, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Minnesota. You got the Sixers twice. Who knows if Embiid will come back or not? You still got Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Still got to play them. That's mm-hmm. going to be a big game April That 10th. is, yeah. You got Denver. You got Cleveland. You got Phoenix, Phoenix in the back-to-back. Ooh. So they have a tough schedule as well. Mm-hmm. And you're only four back. And so you win that head-to-head matchup. Let's say you're three. You only got to make up three wins. And so I think, and if you would ask me this a week or two ago, I'd say, heck no. 
Right, right. But I think that's where I was too. Yes, I think there is a shot to catch that fourth seed, the Clippers. Watching them last night, early on, the Clippers looked a little flat to me, and I thought they're not taking the Kings seriously, which surprised me. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, you know, the Clippers were playing their third game in four nights, yeah, and they were without Paul George, and they're an older team, and I think they're still just trying to get to the playoffs when you get more time between games and they're trying to keep from breaking down between now and then, you know, that's been something that has plagued them Mm -hmm. since they've been operating with this aging core. They're still phenomenally talented, but you saw last night, I mean, they were, they were looking a little broken down and the Kings took advantage of that. Like, uh, you know, shark smelling blood. Yes. Like there's the, the, the weak a wolf is sensing the, the weak caribou. We're bringing that one down because it's old. And that's what the Clippers were last night. So yeah, I, I think there are a few things, no matter what ESPN wants to, to ask. I think there are a number of things that could keep uh, the Clippers from the conference finals. And maybe the Kings are one of those things. Yes. And you know, when you look at the Clippers, historically health has been their issue. They've been relatively healthy this year. They have. Kawhi's yes. only missed five games. Paul George, I think, five or six now. Westbrook's out there. James Harden. And so these are older elder guys, yep. aging guys. And, and when you look at it also, we talk about strength of schedule. Their strength of schedule is right around the same as the Sacramento Kings. As of right now, they have the ninth uh, toughest schedule. The Kings have the eighth. But the Kings have more home games than the Slippers do. mm -hmm. And so I think that's where the Sacramento Kings can make up. And that's where, you know, the strength of schedule doesn't factor it in, whether you're home or on the road or anything like that. And so I do think it is a possibility because when you look at down the stretch, the Suns, I think, are still going to be playing for playoff positioning, a seeding. You know, Denver may still be trying to, you know, figure out do they want to get number two in the west number four like so there's so much left to be desired i think it's going to be a race to the finish where all these games are important and yes i think the kings can catch them yeah as i said the clippers have alternated wins and losses for eight games in a row uh and the losses have been bad and the wins have been shaky so it's an older team right now maybe teetering a little bit extremely uh, talented, so, you know, maybe they find themselves. But, you know, Paul George has a sore knee. Is that going to be a problem the rest right. of the way? That's for the Clippers. That's the ongoing issue for them. Yeah. just never know with them if you can rely on everybody staying healthy. And historically, those guys just haven't been. Right. You know, Kawhi Leonard was asked yesterday, you know, what's been the difference this year? Why are you? He said, well, I'm not coming off a torn ACL. I'm not coming off a torn meniscus. I'm able to play, but... You know, it's father time doesn't wait for anybody. It's undefeated. And so I I just think, and and when you look at the opponents, the Kings got Boston, OKC, Minnesota, Denver, Clippers one more time, and Milwaukee. All those teams just once. The Clippers got Minnesota twice. They got Milwaukee twice. They got Phoenix twice. So I I think it's a tough road for them uh, ahead. What is the ceiling for the Kings as far as a regular season? Can, can they get into the top four? I w- I've been saying, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Obviously, last night, right. uh, the way they're playing lately, have to revisit that. Um, it's going to be tough. But if last night, if that was real, if that was a reflection of how they can defend the rest of the way, I think they look like maybe they are poised here to go on a run. And then at the end of that run, who knows where they're going to end up. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, you know, because one thing with the Kings – in my opinion, we still have not seen them at their best for an extended period, a, a, a sustained stretch. 
And if they can get hot, you know, these next three, I, I think, are extremely important when you look at the Sacramento Kings schedule. You got this one tonight, Miami. I think you should win. If you could somehow come out with victories on the road against Denver, on the road against Minnesota, then you get a chance, Whitey, to really take advantage of that home slate. March is incredibly home-friendly. Yep. And when you look at it, Chicago, shorthanded, you're a better team. Yep. You're at the Lakers. You're a better team than the Lakers, you know. Tomas hasn't lost to Anthony Davis yet, you know, in the regular season. San Antonio. Win. Houston. Win. You see what I mean? Yeah. So you got a chance to bank up some wins and yep. go on a nice 6-7 game winning streak. I don't want to overlook tonight or overlook these two coming up, but I, I think this is a critical week for the Kings. I do, too. But if you lose tonight, then. We're... Right. Then it's like, uh, <laughs> well, right, right back we where we started. Right? Exactly. You fooled me again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, the A's move to. Las Vegas has hit another potential snag, <laughs> and um, a giant all-time great is headed elsewhere. Look at a couple of very interesting baseball stories when we come back to the Golden One Center. The Drive Guys on Sackdowns rehearsing uh, tonight's uh, national anthem here at the Golden One Center. Drapes, did you know there are? I think I just learned. I thought there were three verses to the national anthem, and Nate just told me there's there's four. There's like four. four? We only hear the uh, one yeah. main one, but there's actually three other verses. When I was a kid, the Warriors, for special occasions, they would bring out this guy, and he was an opera singer, and he would sing before big playoff games. He would sing the national anthem, and he sang one of the other verses, and it was the weirdest thing. Really? Yeah. I, I knew there were, you know, extra verses, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, I've actually never heard them or <laughs> heard of anybody singing them or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what we haven't heard yet is all about your adventures in Los Angeles, because I'm hearing, <sighs> before we get to some baseball things going on, that you had it going on this weekend. I, I tell you, Los Angeles one of my favorite cities. Your boy is always out and about. I'm in no streets in L.A. You know, L.A. is my town, my kind of town, Whitey. <laughs> so we get there Saturday, and I can't just sit in a hotel room. No. I, I got to get out. I got to see the streets. So I decided. How's the weather? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Saturday was great. 70s, sunny. Great. I decide to go to UCLA, USC basketball. Ooh. I wanted to see Bronny James up close, up close and personal myself. Whose home team? Was it a Pauly or was it? It was the... at Pauly. Okay. So that's sort of a bucket list thing for yeah. me, too. Like, yeah. you know, the house that wouldn't Bill Kareem, mm. Bill Walton, you know, all yeah. the, the history. And so I'm there, and I'm by, by myself. I, I don't mind rolling solo. And I sit next to this couple, and this woman next to me has these stack of papers. She got sheets of papers. And I'm like, and this woman's like 80. I'm like, what the heck? In the stands in the, the stands. game? Well, you know, yeah. you say stands. I'm not up in the rafters, big fella. You know, at least I got some good seats. In the seats. Yeah, in the okay. seats. Yeah. You know? All right. Uh, you know, I had to walk Pardon down me. to get to my seat. <laughs> but this lady, like 80 years old, Linda is her name, and she's a great lady. And I'm like, Linda, what's all these papers? What are you doing? She's like, oh, I keep stats every game. So she sat there during the game keeping her own stats. Tracking turnovers, tracking shots. Steals. She doesn't have the internet? No. <laughs> but get this. Guess how long she's been doing it. Guess when her first game was. I'm going to guess was 1962. Bing, 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 bing. 100% right. How about that? She's done every game. She goes on the road. I'm like, Linda, you go to Utah when they play? Yep. 
You go to Hawaii. Yep. Uh, she goes everywhere they wow. go. Every single game. It was um, <laughs> right. You should go on a game show, play the yeah. lottery or something. I don't yeah. believe you guessed that. But 1962, she has seen every player to come through UCLA in the last 50 plus. You know, years. did she go there or how did she become such a fan? Well, she's a teacher. She used to be a oh, teacher okay. there, too, she uh-huh. said. Uh, not anymore. But it, it, it was crazy. So that was Saturday. So it was like Gail Goodrich and those yes. guys? Or, oh, my yes. Like, yeah. Before Lou Alcindor. Oh, yeah. Gail Goodrich. Exactly. A hundred percent. And so it was great. Uh, Bronny, uh, not the right system for him. They mm. don't showcase him or feature him. He plays within the team concept. What's his He's, NBA future? If his name wasn't Bronny James, there would not be one. Like, I, 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 okay. Yo, and, and I say that because I didn't see it. He just didn't, he touched the ball, but he wasn't aggressive. He wasn't looking for a shot. He was just dishing the rock. He had a couple of nice moves, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this guy right here. Like, he just looked like a regular role player. So I'm guessing you couldn't see any flashes of like, ooh, that's, I saw his dad in there. Nothing like that. What I did see is excellent defense, though. Wow. He is a tremendous okay. defender. Cat like reflexes, nearly had a number of steals, uh, just came up just short. Like, you could see the defensive potential. So that was Saturday. All good, right? Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah. Sunday, I get up early, I prep for the game. I say, you know what? I'm going to go see the beach. So I go out to Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach. Your boy, I told you, this is my city. Yeah. I know these spots. You know, I know exactly where to go. L.A. is your lady. That is my lady. I love L.A. We love it. Uh, So (laughs) I get to Hermosa Beach. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rent a bike. So I rented an e-bike. And I biked the path along the beach. I'm living my best life. It's a work trip, but I ain't working. Right. I'm there. Right. I'm working the beach. You know, I'm working. There's an AAU volleyball tournament there. There's, you know, great houses. But here's where the trip trip went wrong, Whitey. Oh. Here's where things oh. took a turn for the worse. Megadeth Knight knows exactly on the YouTube chat. I lost my wallet. And it was not Does enough for Gundo. How did he know? No, because I said it on the broadcast last <laughs> oh, okay. night. You were too busy watching Bob Myers. I l- left my wallet. I lost my wallet. Not in El Segundo. <laughs> I left it, I think it was in Hermosa or Manhattan Beach, which is right down the street. So when you checked out the bike or something, maybe? No, so I went went to a store, and I got my daughter a T-shirt. This is another story. Yeah. And it was a number 87 Kansas City Chiefs uh, T-shirt. But guess what it had on the back? Then I'm glad you lost your wallet. Guess what it had on the back? Taylor Swift. It had Swift yeah. on the back. Number yeah. eight. So I yeah. got that. That was my only purchase. Man, I'm too I hate two you. Yeah, you're on fire. It was like you were there with me. But, yeah, man, so I, 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 I don't have a wallet. Credit cards, ID. That's not ideal. Every bank card. Yeah. So L.A., they did me in, man. I, I felt like an honorary member of Tribe Called Quest. I left my wallet in El Segundo. Represent, I left, represent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, so that was my weekend. Well, um, is L.A. still your lady? Are you oh, guys? Are you on the? You know what now? the problem was, my one of my best friends. He had to work. 
because usually we'd experience oh. the nightlife also. Yeah. But your boy was What was Linda up. doing on Sunday? No, uh, Linda, <laughs> I think they went to Denny's afterwards or, you know, get the. <laughs> you explore yeah, Westwood, sure. baby? Come on now, drapes. <laughs> no, no. You know what, Jay? I was tired, man. And, you know, if I would have asked somebody to roll with, I probably would have uh, hit those streets, man. But your boy, I, I just laid low. I went back, ordered some room service and chilled out, man. But that was my weekend. And are you wait, awaiting your wallet, or you're gonna? They're gonna nah, I think it's, I think it's done. Like you've been out there, right? You've been. Once you lose it in one of those beach towns, like if it drops on the sidewalk, there's some you know questionable characters ha. out there, you know, uh-huh. and a little homeless, and you know, and so I, I think I'm gonna chalk that one up to the game. Fingers I, crossed. I think I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, that's well, my that's, weekend. There you go. And then you bounced back from that and had a great broadcast. Exactly. Yes. Thankfully, the Kings well won. Great broadcast. Some highlights. So, yeah, that was my weekend, man. Uh, real quick here, baseball-wise, just a couple of quick notes. There's a group of educators in Vegas, and they want to stop all activity towards an A stadium in Vegas until their lawsuit uh, gets some kind of ruling. These people have filed a lawsuit. And it's kind of on hold now, yeah. you know, and they're waiting. And if the A's and if the state, they move forward with funding the ballpark, these people are going to come in, swoop in, and boom, injunction. You can't Ooh. do anything until we find out if our lawsuit has merit. So they're, they're just like waiting to throw that roadblock in there. So you got that going another on. Another hurdle. Yeah, yeah, yes, another hurdle. And then the other baseball news Brandon Crawford, St. Louis Cardinals. What? Oh, he went to St. Yes. Louis. I, didn't, I missed that. Yeah. Today, oh, man, that's tough. That's it. That you know, it's interesting. We were in Phoenix for a game, and Logan Webb was there, and he was with Brandon Crawford. Like you think of Brandon Crawford, you sure yes, San Francisco Giants. And so this was he was without a team, obviously at this point. But man, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough loss. Yeah. You know, there's a famous picture of Brandon Crawford when he uh, was at a Giants game, and it was like the last Giants game. In 92, and they were maybe going to move, and there's a picture of Brandon Crawford as a little as a kid. kid huh? He has a sign that, please stay. No way. He, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, and then he ends up being, you know, one of the stars of their World Series team. So I guess it was inevitable. The Giants didn't appear to have much interest in him, but Brandon Crawford, St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not the biggest Giant fan, but even I get kind of a, Yeah, kind of like, yeah, St. Louis? Yeah. yeah. That's sick feeling out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a loss. Remember he had that hellacious season a few years ago yes you know he was he was amazing Mm -hmm. so baseball upon us but hey plenty of time for that because we're getting ready for the kings uh tonight did somebody say the kings won with defense last night yeah in fact mike brown said that hear exactly what i had to say about that when we come back from golden one center drive guys on sackdown sports